Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those ladies. But I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin Anafrio. And are we really surprised today? Are we really surprised that baseball didn't come up with a deal? I think I, there's just, I mean, I just had a feeling they weren't going to get this done, and they didn't. They, they failed to get it done. And, and there's blame on all sides Rob Panford, Tony Clark, the player, the MLBPA, the owners. An absolute disgrace that they could not get this deal done. I mean, there were two sticking points the uh, competitive balance, the, the, as they call it, the CBT. And the uh, raise of minimums and the raise of minimum salaries, but those are two things. I understand minor leaguers are having tr- a trouble, you know, living off some of their salaries, but those are things you could have worked out. You had a ton of time, and and the biggest thing was, a, which was a bunch of nonsense, is Manfred saying we tried so hard, you know, to get a deal done, and but, but you know, your proposal it took you 43 days to give a proposal, and then you know, saying that you know we really care about the fans and the owners, you know, they can care less about the fans. A very very sad day for Major League Baseball. Just 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 really sad for the sport that they've now canceled regular season games. They've canceled the first two series of, of regular season games. Yeah, uh, for me, you, you know, when season ended last year, I was you know I, I didn't expect base, have, that we're gonna have baseball probably until June anyways. Like I, I figured that they were never gonna come out with the with a deal and proposal to be able to figure this thing out. Yeah, you know. Banford again he comes out what he's like laughing he's smiling like like he's all like happy that he's getting to cancel these games you know and this is the same commissioner that called the you know the world series trophy a piece of metal like again it's just it's from the top down and it, it, once again it's just another you know they go yeah like 43 days without kind of meeting and then all oh, the last 10 days you know we really try to put something together but it's it's too late by then you know, again, and I don't think some of the owners really care either because it's like you think about in April, you know, like Baltimore, what are they going to draw like the first few weeks when it's like 30, 40 degrees out, like 3,000 people? Like they'd probably rather try to save some of these games for, you know, double headers for some of these places, you know, so they're not playing at 30 degree weather and they're losing money that way. So, yeah, I don't think the owners care, at, you know, much of losing some of these games. Again, you know, I kind of put more blame on the owners than I do players because, 
the owners kind of just they're not even trying to budge. And again, I think they're just playing the game where they're not going to budge until it's desperation time. The players have to accept something. And I'd be shocked to be Steve baseball before June or July. Oh, no, I, I, th- I think as 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 uh, Buster only said the other day, somebody told him, see on flag day, there's a very, very good chance we could, it could be the middle of June till we see baseball, the way these two sides are, are negotiating. There's really, you really have no confidence in these two sides getting, get, getting a deal done. We remember what was happening during the pandemic when they were trying to get baseball started. That that started probably, I would say, a month. They, they started a month later than they should have. This will probably at least start a month later than, than they should I mean, it's just it's just a very very poor situation right now, and it's it, you can't just you can't praise anyone for this. It, you blame them both. Both sides completely failed in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's just again, it's a bunch of six year olds arguing with each other, and they just can't figure anything out, and they don't want to agree with each other. It, it's like they enjoy to come fight with each other, and not figure anything out, and it just again, it, it's killing the game. It, it, you know, you mentioned with the pandemic too, like the last. Two out of the last three years, you're not going to have a full season of baseball. Again, that's not helping the younger generation try to get into the sport and you're trying to grow the sport. It's just, it, again, it's it's just not working. Again, I don't mean you will come back and watch baseball, but there may be some casual fans out there that may not watch it much any, as much anymore because it's the last two to three years, they just, yeah, they can't figure anything out. And, yeah, all sides are to blame, but it's just – the same old thing they just can't get out of their own way and they haven't for years and yet again it's just they're you know the owners and players just it it just seems like they're complete enemies with each other and it's just horrible it's a horrible look and another black eye for the sport Uh, yeah and and you made a good point yeah like people like you know me you joe ted and trevor they'll we'll we'll definitely all come back but it's the casual fan they're gonna lose the fan like jace they're probably gonna end up losing that's the thing with this lockout that and that's why this leads me to the question how much damage it's going to do to the game. And I think it's going to do tremendous damage. I think right now, if especially they keep missing more and more games, I think, I think baseball right now, I think outside, I think NFL is number one, NBA is number two, college football is number three, baseball is number four. They might, you might like to hear this. They might flip down to number five in college basketball with March Madness coming up might, might, might overtake them. Yeah, no, I, it's possible right now. And you think about it in, in, you know, April, May too, with um the new league, the UCFL football leagues are, Again, that's going to take uh, some years. I'm not saying it's never going to pass baseball. I know. Yeah. But it is putting some eyeballs now on that instead of your product. Yep. So, because it is football. You know, I know maybe by that point we're all kind of footballed out and we, you know, want to kind of get away from it for a bit. But it's still football. I know it's never going to pass it, but it's still trying to take – it's taking some eyeballs away from the sport. But, yeah, it's again, I do think it's going to hurt because especially, too, they're trying to grow. They're trying to get the younger generation into it. If you're not playing the game, how is it – you know, nobody, the young generation is really going to care. Again, they're going to watch more NBA, obviously, you know, any NBA, NHL playoffs. They're going to go find something else to do. And once again, baseball, yeah, just losing the younger generation audience. And it just, once again, yeah, it could definitely hurt the sport tremendously once again, especially if this thing continues to drag on, which I think it probably will. Yeah, you're going to lose, you're, you're already, you know, you're already not doing a great job with the African American community. You're not you're you're not doing a good job with younger the younger generation. It's really it's not a very it's not as as uh, hockey's de- definitely less diverse, but it's not a diverse game sport. It's a sport that's that's geared towards older people. You know, with the way the game is played, you know, with with, with no pitch clock, with uh with 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 how slow the game is, it's it's geared towards old people. So I mean, you're just and and now not being on the field and that's missing games in any sport is a terrible thing. I remember when the NHL uh. I missed games in 2005. It wasn't that popular, but it's popularly that year they canceled the entire season. This popularity dropped even more when they canceled the season. Imagine if baseball, this is going to be a disaster, cancels this entire season. That would be even more devastating to, to this sport, a sport that has really, really fallen off in, in the last 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the hockey, the NHL in 05, and they had to do that too because of the salary cap. Like they had to, you know, because I think a lot or most of the Canadian teams are going to have to fold if they did not come to a salary cap of the direction it was going. So, like, again, like that kind of helped. I guess, yeah, like it destroyed some of the audience, but it did, you know, kind of save some of the Canadian teams from kind of having to fold up. But yeah, baseball, again, it's, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's just, again, the NBA, I know, had the problem, what, 2000. 12, 2012, but they, got, but they got it figured yeah. out. And guess what the day? Guess what day they opened on? Christmas Day. 
Yeah. It shows you why David Stern, David Stern's a genius. And then Adam Silver takes over and, he's, and look at what he's doing with the NBA. Yeah, like they've been great. Again, the, the NFL, they never have, it seems like, any problems with their CBA negotiations. No, they, did, they did that one time in 2011, but they never missed games. Yeah, they never missed. Um, but, yeah, like, again, like, they, they usually they can figure it out and get it, but it's just baseball just, again, they can't. And it just, again, baseball players just go on social media and are bashing the owners. You know, the owners are, like, they, Monday night at, like, midnight where they're like, oh, we're, you know, I forgot what baseball reporter said. Oh, you know, we're, or I think Bob Nightingale said, oh, you know, they're close to striking a deal here. And to me, I was like, huh? like, they were just so far off 24 hours ago. How are they? Like, I didn't really believe what was coming out. Like, it's just they're, just, they're sending, like, false reports. It's just, again, it's just a chaotic mess. I know, I know. And that was such nonsense how they were close to a deal. Yeah. You knew what was up. You knew they weren't going to get a deal done. You, This is baseball. This is Rob Manford. You know they're not getting a deal done. You, you knew what was going to happen there. And and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked if they missed the entire season. But I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't if they didn't start in July. If they, yeah. they didn't start till July. Yeah, me neither. So that would be part of, what, 68 games again? And you're just, again, yeah. I guess it makes the regular season a little bit more exciting, but it just doesn't feel like baseball. It just It's kind of, you know, it just wouldn't. And, again, you saw two years ago, too, with all the injuries. It's like, you know, you're going to have that issue. Again, yeah, it's just going to be more and more kind of issues. Yeah, I, again, yeah, I think June or July, you cut the season half once again. It's just it's, it's unfortunate, you know, that, again, Manfred's, uh, you know, there was a picture of him yesterday at the driving range. Like it just—he like, doesn't even seem to care. How was there a pic? How was he at the? That, that's what I don't get. How are you at the driving range when your sport is in is is is, is, is about to go on? Is about to they're about to you're about to cancel games and you're at the driving range. That makes no sense. Yeah, I I just don't get it. I just don't. Um, you know, you see with price conference, he just doesn't seem like he really cares. I, I the laughing and smiling, like I couldn't take him seriously. I couldn't watch his price. I couldn't take him seriously. I can't take him seriously. And look, because the owners control his job. And, and you know, we kind of take more of the owner's side. So owners are never going to get rid of him. So he's not going anywhere. No, no, exactly. And that, 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 and that is just that is the that is just the sad part. Yeah, there it is. Just, that's that's the sad part because you know he's done a poor job as commissioner. The owners won't get rid of him. And the sport is is just it is is just in uh, in in big big trouble. Yeah, it is. It's just it's not the same game. It's just you know I know we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like we don't watch as much baseball. I know I don't. I you know if the CFL is probably gonna be on their normal schedule this year, I'm you know I'll be okay watching CFL. You know I think the NFC Yankees, but I do have something else to watch. It's not like you know you know baseball's not the only thing. And you know it just yeah it's just unfortunate. It's just killing the sport again. It just Another black eye for what's been happening for the last few years. And again, yeah, I just, again, it's just, yeah, the horrible look once again for the sport and just everyone's blaming it. Yeah, for me, I'll miss it at the beginning of the season because you always like opening day. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tradition in baseball opening day. It's still people really care about opening day. So that, you'll, you'll miss, you'll miss it then. You'll, mi- I'll miss it when the NBA finals and between the NBA finals and training camp, kind of that, that mid June to July. That as a sports fan, you want games going on, so that's definitely when I'll miss it. And then I'll miss it, obviously, late September, uh, and uh, like really late in September, and then obviously October. That's that's when you'll miss it, and I'll obviously miss going to games because I love going to the ballpark. I mean, I like I like watching baseball at the ballpark more than I like watching it on TV if it's not the Yankees, so or the playoffs. So that that that's when I will miss the game. Uh, but 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 yeah, I mean, the, 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 but. The way this game has 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 gone uh, with Manfred's dunking, the way this sport has trended, yeah, I have definitely not supported it the way I used to support it growing up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll miss opening day. That's always you know a great game day. You know, games going on all day. Um, you know, I always you know I do enjoy like the travel like, Wednesdays and Thursdays. I do enjoy like the travel days and, and watching you know when you do have games at one o'clock and you do have something to kind of you know watch during a day, which is kind of cool. I know this sport really has something like that, so. You know, you enjoy that. Yeah, you know, NBA and NHL, when their finals are up, yeah, there's not too much on. And, you know, usually June, July, too, you kind of – it starts to kind of heat up with the trade deadline and all that. Again, that's always, you know, very exciting kind of week leading up to trade deadline. Yeah, September is kind of – obviously football, but you got, like, the dead postseason race kind of coming 
coming at you. It, and it's always usually exciting to see kind of who gets those wild card spots and who kind of able to kind of, you know, go 10, you know, win 10 out of the last 11 games, win a division. And yeah, obviously October baseball is, you know, always fun to watch. And, you know, usually it's so wide open really because it's just the team just gets hot and you get a couple of good bats. So, yeah, you know, I'll miss October baseball as well. But, you know, hopefully by that point we will have something. But and then, yeah, also go in the ballpark. Cause I'm with you. I'd much rather go to a, a baseball game, you know, in person to watch it on TV. Obviously, besides the Yankees. But, yeah, like, you know, I, I'd much rather go go to a ballpark and go see the game. Then, yeah, and, you know, I guess miss that. But hopefully we at some point have the opportunity to go be able to go to watch a baseball game at some point this this, this summer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. But we'll see if baseball ends up figuring this out. And I, I honestly don't. Th- I think it's gonna. I think it'll be at least. Uh, 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 they'll be at least. I don't think they'll play in April. I think the, the the earliest they'll play is May. So we'll see if they end up figuring this out. But we got to we got to shift over to basketball and the Lakers continue to struggle. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. That lane blocked by Randall. Julius Randall with an excellent defensive play. Joel battling in the paint, laying it up and in. Uh oh, uh oh. Done time. Oh, wrap it up. Thompson just the two points. This team dribbling. Oh, exploding to the rim. That is the posting of podcast. Jace, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it is probably going to be it's tonight at six o'clock. It'll be a, a Jace, Justin. No, no, no Jace. Not, yeah, uh, I can't go on. Oh, oh, you can't go on. Yeah, Jace, uh, Zay, and uh, and uh, Sean. So make sure you check out the posting of podcast. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jace. Tonight at six o'clock. But uh, one, of, I was on the posting of podcast last week, and one of my, I thought the Lakers were going to pick things up. But they've clearly went the other direction, and they have continued to struggle. This team is this team lost last night to the Mavericks, uh, one hundred seven to one hundred two. This team, and uh, you're right, but just 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 me and Zay. So just it'll just be Jason Zay tonight on posting up. But uh, but yeah, I mean the Lakers have just been an absolute mess. They continue to struggle. AD is still out. LeBron is doing all he can, and Russell Westbrook continues to be absolutely pathetic. And he has continued to prove that that trade that they made is one of the worst trades, not only of the, uh, of the worst, one of the worst trades this year, but maybe one of the worst trades in the history of the league. I mean, just a, a horrendous, just a horrendous trade to bring in Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has proved that he's a total fraud. He is not a, he is not a, you know, elite player. Never was one of the worst MVPs of all time. Guy cannot shoot threes. Yeah. That 2017 season, he he was great, but Let's be honest. He got that MVP because they didn't want to give it to Durant. They didn't want to give it to Stafford. They didn't want to give it to LeBron. That's why he got the MVP. And he has clearly never evolved his game because this is a three-point shooting league, and the guy has clearly not evolved his game. And to me, that is the main reason for the Lakers' struggles is that they that they traded they traded you know they traded a Montrezl Harrell. They traded Kyle Kuzma to the Wizards. I know Harrell's on the Hornets now. They traded Caldwell Pope to the Wizards for this guy, and this guy has been absolutely pathetic. Since he has been, uh, since he's been acquired, and then all the BS he says after the games too. I'm so tired of it. Oh, everything's fine. Uh, I'm not concerned about the booing. Yeah, you are. Just tell the truth. I'm so sick of you. Honestly, I'm just sick of this player. He he is the, the number one reason, the biggest reason by far for the Lakers' struggles. Because say they don't make that trade and they run it back with LeBron and AD, they're in better shape. Yeah, absolutely. I think they are. Yeah, they, they definitely will be. Because. Again, they don't have anybody outside of like LeBron or AD, and AD is hurt again. He probably missed most of the month of March. Probably all. I think it's like five or three to five weeks he's going to be out for. Yeah, it just again Russell again Sunday night he he had seven turnovers to one assist, and he started the game out with seven turnovers zero assists. Again, like I didn't even think that's possible. It's like you have to be trying to turn the ball over. It, it, I think not one assist for the first three quarters of the game. Again, in the NBA level, I I just can't get – you know, he shot 5 for 17 last night. He's been awful. 
you know, and then it doesn't, you know, hurt. It doesn't help either that LeBron James is like, again, going, he's going at the media when they're kind of asking himself, it's like, dude, you're part of the problem. You built this team, you know, this is the team you built. This is the team you wanted. So take responsibility for some of it, LeBron. I know he's been playing out of his mind. I know he's doing all he can, but some of it's on LeBron too, because he built that team. And then if you're the Lakers too, AD is up for a max contract this offseason. Do you really give it to AD? Because he can't stay healthy. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that move was that was a bad trade, but no. they traded Ingram and Ball because that did get them a championship, and they wouldn't have a championship without that trade. I know it's not helping them now, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won a championship without that trade. But obviously, the Westbrook trade was just an absolute disaster, and and and, and, and amazing. If the Lakers there wasn't this playing tournament, the Lakers the Lakers season is probably over. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're what three and a half back of the Clippers at the moment. It, it would be because it's just again they can't get out of the way. way. I don't see them making a run. Um, yeah, so they're nine. They're they're actually um, four and a half they're back. Four and a half. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they're four and a half games back. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, I know. I know they don't have anybody. They have to leap over, but still, without the play, the playing tournament is, is is saving this team. But obviously, if they get in the playing tournament as the nine seed, they'd have to beat the Pelicans, and that they'd have to win two games in the playing tournament. So it still would be really, really tough to get to to get into the into the uh, into the playoffs. And then if they get in the playoffs, they gotta play the Suns. So yeah. who a team that eliminated them last year. Yeah. Who again is much better this year and the way the Lakers are, they're they're much worse. So yeah, I again yeah the Lakers are lucky. You know, again they're and they're only two games out of not being in the the play now I think they will make the plan in the end, but Again, it's not like, you know, again, it wouldn't totally surprise me because, you know, 11th Portland, they kind of gave up, you know, given, you know, giving away McCollum. But I guess they still have Lillard. Like, they, you know, they'll probably make the playing game. But, yeah, I, again, you're not – you're going to have to win two games. Again, the you know, um, Minnesota, you know, the Clippers aren't going to be an easy out if you get by – or if you get by New Orleans. Again, you're two up on New Orleans, so you should get home court in that game. But – um, you know, who, who knows what could happen, but yeah, again, look, the Suns are gonna knock them out again. It's just, yeah, they're in a horrible spot. This team's not very good. They just, again, it just all of their like core kind of guys are just in their 30s. They just have they don't have much youth on this team, and I also think it's just the age and the way Howard's not the same guy either. It's just, yeah, there's just a lot of problems that the way it was built, and they just did not try to do anything at the tread line. It's just, it, it's horrible. It's been kind of fun to watch as a guy that does not like the Lakers, but it's 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 been pathetic this year. Yeah, it is, and uh, I just don't see it getting better because I don't know when AD is coming back and this team right now. And look at their schedule too; they got to play the Clippers again, and then they got that Saturday night game against the Warriors. I know the Warriors have been struggling too, but still, I mean, this team is in big big trouble, and I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to be in the playing tournament. Yeah, I think they should. They should be able to make that. They should have AD back in time to kind of help them get there. Um, they should, but yeah, like again, Warriors some, some Saturday night. They're not the Lakers aren't great defensively. I'm like, maybe that's a game where the Warriors kind of get hot and they start kind of getting it going. So, you know, I think that could be like a you know perfect kind of matchup there for the, for the Warriors at this point. Yeah, they should make the play-in tournament, but their schedule's not easy, and they bear you know somebody. Else, you know, besides LeBron, better try to figure something out and help out. I know, like Malik Monk showing flashes, but the last few games he hasn't been great, and it's just yeah, it, it's been really problematic for this team. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get we'll we'll move on to a team that's playing great, and and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. What a move going out and getting James Harden. They're two and zero. It looks like it looks like Harden and Embiid have great chemistry. I'm telling you, this Sixers team. And Tyrese Maxey has played well. They still Tobias Harris hasn't played that well, but they still have him. I'm telling you, I am high in the Sixers team. I said it on posting up last week. I picked them to go to the finals in the East, and I'm happy about that pick. The way they're playing right now. Yeah, I have to change. I I can't take the Nets anymore. I just oh, you're already I giving up on the Nets. You're not. I don't know when anybody's coming back. I know Durant's like a game time decision. You're not going to wait till they have the full team together. You're already giving up on them. Yeah, because I just think they keep digging themselves in a hole with everybody out. Like they're gonna have to go in the play tournament. They may have to play the Sixers in the first round. Like, and and now it sounds like Simmons may not play the whole month of March. So it's like by the time he gets going, like, it's, are we really? Is he gonna? You know, like he may play the final few games of regular season because it sounds like he's kind of having some setbacks right now. So I, like, I don't. They may not get Benson back to the playoffs, and he's probably not gonna be full 
full ready to go by then. So I, I, you know, and so at this moment, and I was watching them play the Knicks the other day. And when you go to the free throw line 44 times, you should be able to be anybody. And I just think that's what the Sixers would be able to do. They're just going to be able to get whatever they want. They're going to be able to get to the line. And they're the best free throw shooting team in the, in the league at 82%. So, and as you mentioned, yeah, the chemistry of James Harden, Joel Embiid, it just, it's been great. And I didn't think it was going to be that great to start, but you've already seen it. It's, it's working out perfectly right now if you're a Sixers fan. And, you know, they got the Knicks again tonight, which they should probably blow out once again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do not think the Knicks are winning that. That's another story, how bad the Knicks have been. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing is, enough with this James Harden. People hating on James Harden. Enough with this. This guy is a top 10 player in the league. He is a difference maker. Look at Houston. Houston's pathetic now that Harden got traded. I mean, this guy is a difference maker. This guy is a, an, outst- this guy's an outstanding player. I mean, listen, in 2018, he almost took down the Warriors when they had, you know, when they had KD, when they had Steph, when they had Clay, he almost they almost took them down. If Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they probably take them down. So James Harden is an outstanding player. He, he's he's a, he's a great player, and that's exactly why I picked the Sixers to go to the finals in the East. Yeah, you know he's a phenomenal player. I just don't like the way he goes about it, about kind of wanting to get out of town and you know, doing all that, kind of quitting on the team like you kind of did. I just don't like that. He's a phenomenal player. Again, you know. I hope he could stay healthy, and I hope that hamstring's kind of help. I know right now it looks good, but yeah, you know he's a phenomenal player. Again, I know he yeah without career with Chris Paul, they probably do knock off the Warriors in that that um in that round. And who knows, you know they very good chance to win the win the uh, championship that season. And yeah, you know James Harden's a great shooter. Again, you know he does I think at times make better guys better around them and i think you're kind of seeing that in beat and, and with maxi and type um tobias harris and like maxi or tight um tobias harris you like your fourth score and that's pretty good you know because both of them average like 18 points a game and you're gonna see us and you know when they play you know it, and whoever they play i guess they're gonna have more attention now on Embiid and harding and now that takes the pressure off of harris and maxi and that kind of you know they're not gonna be the vocal point and I, I could see them playing a lot better and shooting the ball, you know, even better now because I think they're going to get more open shots. And I just think there's just so much scoring that team has. That's going to be tough to stop them. And Brooklyn's not great defensively either. So I, I right now I do think the 76ers should be the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. And, hey, I mean, looking at looking at, I think they could beat anybody in the West. I definitely think they could beat the Suns. I, def, I think they could beat the Warriors. I think they could obviously beat. Uh, they could beat. They could beat the. Obviously, could beat the Grizzlies. They could beat anybody in the West. So, I, I, honestly, right now, I think they could. I think. They, I think they went. I think right now, I think they went at all. I might be overreacting, but I think they went at all. Yeah, I don't think that's overreacting. I think I'm right there with you. I think you know, talent wise, I think you know, if they're all healthy and they have those those core four of you know Maxi Harris Harden and Bead, I think yeah, absolutely, they could be anybody. The Suns are good, but like you know. Embiid and eight and in you know I think Embiid could take you know DeAndre and I think you know that'd be a great match to watch. But again, I think Aiden, um, you know, we may have some problems against Embiid. But yeah, you know they should have Chris Paul back. You know Booker. You know that'd be a fun series to watch. I think it's either one of those two. Again, I know the Warriors could get hot with those two with Thompson and Curry, and anything could happen. But they've been kind of banged up, and I, I think they have more than the Grizzlies. So I think on paper, the Sixers probably do have the best roster in the NBA. And they're only three games out right now, the Heat being at first. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think they play the Heat again. So I don't know. Or they have the Heat actually on uh, Saturday night. They actually, or they actually have them two more times at the end of March. So they, they very well could, I guess, they are able to get those two into the Heat. They're very – very – they could possibly get the one seed. And I think home court for those guys. Now you may have to play the Nets and who knows if the Nets are fully healthy at that point and all that. But yeah, I think the six on paper right now, they probably do have the most talent in the league. And here's a comment. The only issue with the Sixers for the playoffs is Joel and B staying healthy for a seven game series. Good point there. That's a good point there by Jace. And then, yeah, because if he doesn't stay healthy, I mean, Harden is good, but you won't have they won't have that inside. You know, they won't have that threat inside. And obviously, Embiid is an MVP candidate, so that would that definitely be a humongous loss if that happens. And it's going to be interesting. 76ers play the Nets. It's going to be interesting to see if Ben Simmons returns. We know James Harden's going to play in against his former team. We'll see if Ben Simmons does. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that'd be a fun match to watch. You know, for for Ben Simmons, maybe very tough for one of his first games. He may have to go back to Philly, which uh, will not be very kind to him. But yeah, it'd be very interesting. It'd be a very intriguing first round matchup again. At that point, you would hope Kyrie's able to play at home and makes it even more, a little bit more intriguing, makes it maybe more possibly the Nets could win the series. But yeah, who knows at this point? And yeah, the Sixers right now should be uh, be the favorite right now in the East. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll wrap up talking about uh, John Morant, and he had a ridiculous game Monday night. Fifty-two points he scored. He had that huge dunk over Yaka Portal. He had that. Uh, he had that. Uh, he had that shot too at the buzzer to, uh, to end the half. This guy is phenomenal. He's right there. I mean, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. This is a guy, take notes, Russell Westbrook. This is a guy that worked on his game in the offseason, became a three-point shooter, and he is one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA. He is phenomenal. And because they had playoff experience last year, the Grizzlies, I think because of how good Morant is and say they can get, you know, they get Dylan Brooks back, Desmond Bain's a good three-point shooter. Um uh, uh, Jerry Jackson. Yeah, 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 Jaron Jackson. I, I think this Grizzlies team is a title contender. I'm with you. I, I think they are. I think John Morant's good enough to kind of lead a team. And I think he makes everybody around him better, too. And I think that's a huge part. Again, you know, Desmond Bain's been terrific this year. Like, you know, it, again, he's kind of been a great shooter. You know, Jaron Jackson as well. Like, again, he's he's not the only guy you have to kind of keep your eye on, in, the, in, in you know, when you play these guys. And it, it, when you play the Grizzlies, you know, Steven Adams did decent, you know, 10 rebounds a game. And, and they're good. They're so good defensively, too. You know, they lead the, the league in black shots. And they lead the team in steals. Like, they they kind of, um, you know, they can kind of get out of transition with that, with some um, live ball turnovers. And, and John Morant in, in a open court, you know, on a two-on-one, a three-on-one, something like that, he's a highlight real waiting to happen. He's definitely good enough. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, he's improved his three-point shot. And it, it's really helped him, and it's made him again. Now you have to respect it, and he's quicker than a lot of a lot of players in the NBA, where he can get to the basket and can throw down dunks like he did Monday night. So I think the Grizzlies are a title contender defensively. They're really good. They're they're right there again. This you know I, I do think at some point the the Warriors figure it out, but that'd be a great you know Western Conference semifinals. It, you know if the Warriors and Grizzlies kind of sit there as a second and third seed, which is probably gonna happen. Um, that that'd be a great series to watch, and you know Morant versus Steph Curry would, would be unbelievable. But yeah, you know he should Morant should be right there in the MVP conversation. He's been unbelievable. He's done a great job with this, with this Grizzlies team, and they, they, this team is for real. And they should be, uh, you know, they they should be not. They, you should not take them lightly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. You definitely don't want to take them lightly. The way they have played this season. I mean, they've, they've done a phenomenal job. And the big question now is, is, is John Morant an MVP candidate? I think he is. I think what he's done this year, what he's done with the Grizzlies, I, I definitely am as an MVP candidate. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. And, and you know, I think we all thought the – the, I mean, the Grizzlies were going to be, like, good, a playoff team. But I didn't think they would be a three-seed right now, kind of playing the way they are. You know, if he's averaging 28 points a game, you know, almost seven assists a game, a couple rebounds a game. Like, he, he's just been phenomenal. He's just a highlight reel. Again, he just – he you know – um, he just makes everybody around him better. He's, you know, to, to put the Grizzlies like in the spotlight, cause I don't think they have been like a, you know, they've never really been this high in the standings like this, you know, kind of this late in the year. I don't remember. Um, I mean, they were, when they had Mike Conley and Randolph and Gasol, they had one year they got to the conference finals. That was pretty much it. I mean, they were usually yeah. with those guys. They were, they won a, a, a series, maybe a series at most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. When they kind of had those guys, yeah, they won it like a series, but I don't think they were, you know, I think, I don't, I don't remember really putting those teams like as title contenders. They were good. I, you know, uh, but this team, yeah, with Moran, I think they're, they're really good. He's elevated this whole, um, this whole team, everybody kind of around him. Again, he's just elevated their play as well uh, with the attention he gets. So yeah, I, I do think he's got to be right there for the uh, MVP conversation. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got a quarterback who wants a who wants a contract extension. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clubbergers Media. Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. 
At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Anymac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. So Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, said on uh, Monday, so out a statement that he want, I mean, he, that Murray wants to be a Cardinal long-term, but he wants a long-term extension done really, really soon with the quarterback. And he's and they have threatened to 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 accept a trade if they can't get a long term deal done with the Cardinals. In my opinion, I do think the I know there's controversies with Kyler Murray about his size. I know without DeAndre Hopkins, he's six fourteen and one, and he's sixteen and ten with them. So it's a big difference when Hopkins played. But you could say that with a lot of quarterbacks, Josh Allen was became great when Stephon Diggs got was was there. Uh, Joe Burrow became great, but a big reason for that is you had Jamar Chase. Uh, you look at Patrick Mahomes. He's always at Tyreek Hill. So I feel like you need to have that guy to be to be a to be a top. You, you, most most quarterbacks need that guy. I mean, not every quarterback's Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. Most quarterbacks need that guy to be great. And I think, yeah, Kyler Murray has struggled without DeAndre Hopkins. But you know, a lot of quarterbacks would struggle if they lost DeAndre Hopkins too. So I think for what he's done for the Cardinals, I mean, he's he's athletic. He, I mean, he's 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 a, he's a threat in the run game. He's got a good, he's got a great arm. He's, he makes pretty good decisions. I know he's not an elite quarterback, but he is a very good quarterback, and he's a quarterback that the Cardinals should pay. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, that's a great point. <clears throat> you know, most quarterbacks do need a top wide receiver like that to be able to kind of to be great. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Hopkins, one of the best in the game, or if not the best one, wide receiver in the game of football right now. And, yeah, I think the Cardinals should pay him. And you know he's done enough. He got him playoffs this year again. We know kind of what happened in that game, but yeah, you know he's a guy. Again, they really built that offensive line for him this year. Again, last year he was a guy kind of having you know he's got good athletic ability, but he had to run around a lot last year to avoid pressure. Again, the second half of the year did not go great, especially the way they ended. Um, I know he's kind of banged up at times this year. You know, and I, I guess that's probably going to be something that's going to happen at his size. You know, he, he could battle some injuries. Um, but, yeah, I think the Cardinals should pay him. I You know, he's been good enough quarterback. Again, I'm not – I know we'll get in the Cliff Kimberry stuff in a minute. He's a great offensive coordinator. He, he's got a great offensive mind, and I think him and Murray are going to be able to figure things out. And I think with Murray, I think, you know, their offense should be able to put up some points, and Murray's good enough quarterback, and – yeah, Murray's probably not a top five right now, or not even top ten. He's probably borderline, right around there. Um, but it, you know, but I think he's shown flashes that he can be that guy, and I, I think he, he's a guy that you should keep around in Arizona. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, I think he definitely is a guy you should keep around. He's he's a one of the, he is a top quarterback in this league. But the Cardinals made an interesting move today as they extended head coach Cliff Kingsbury and GM Steve Kime. And I think they're both interesting moves. Steve Kime has been there. Steve Kime has been with the Cardinals for a while and they've only won one playoff game in the time he's been there. That was the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chase. They've only won one playoff game in the time he's been there. That was the game where, uh, that was the game where uh, Rodgers had the Hail Mary and then uh, Fitzgerald beat them, beat them uh, in overtime. They, they beat the Packers in overtime. He's only has one playoff win in, uh, in, in the, in the, uh, nine years he's been there. So I'm a, I think he's done a good job. They've had a winning record most year, the most of the time, but still he's on his third, he's his third head coach. Uh, 
and extending him, I don't know about that. I don't, and the same thing with Cliff Kingsbury. And, I, and I'm more, I'm higher on Cliff Kingsbury than you are. You're, I know, I know what your your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury are. I, I think the team has gotten better every year. But the thing is, is the roster has gotten better every year. And the problem with Cliff Kingsbury is, uh, 2020 uh, to the 2020, he starts six and two, ends eight and eight. Uh, last year, he starts ten and two. They end up losing five of their last six games. So it seems to me that Cliff Kingsbury coach teams have fallen apart at the end of the year. As we said with, with Kyler Murray, I think them falling apart at the end of the year is more about Cliff Kingsbury than it is about Kyler Murray. And I think you agree with me. I, I definitely think you agree with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On Cliff Kingsbury, I do. I, again, you know, I could go back to Texas Tech Dave Soup. It'd be 4-1, and 5-1. They'd finish 5-7, and 6-6. Seven, six and six. They, They'd finish mediocre. And it was like, okay, maybe Texas Tech's are real. And Again, they'd fall apart. They'd win one or two Big 12 games, and, and that'd be it. And, you know, they go to some, you know, bowl game and, and low, low level bowl game. So, yeah, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I just, again, I don't think he's a great offensive mind. I just, I don't know. He's a great leader of men, of what we talk. I, you know, I don't know if he is. Again, you saw what happened when they played the Rams. It, I don't know what he did to that week leading up to, to the Rams game, but it was definitely not preparing for the Rams. Or he did it totally wrong where Sean McVay just absolutely outcoached him by a million miles. And they just didn't even look like the Arizona should be on the field with them. Uh, that, that's my – like, I think – you got Cliff Kingsbury that is stealing. Like I, I don't think he's a Super Bowl. I don't think he'll unless he gets some elite elite team. I think that's the only shot where it's like he cannot mess it up and they can get to Super Bowl. But like you know, maybe he can win a playoff game or two. But that's it. I don't think with the roster they have right now, it is definitely good enough to make a Super Bowl. But it's not with Cliff Kingsbury as your coach. I think Arizona could do better at the coach position. If he was the offensive for me. I'd be very you know. That'd be fine, but obviously that's not happening. Um, but yeah, I, I for me, I'm not obviously not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan. Again, you kind of saw, uh, yeah, you know, it's just the way they finish. They just do not finish well for whatever reason. I don't know what happens those final few weeks, but I, I just I don't I don't understand what goes wrong. Again, they just in some games they just lay a total ache, and I you know that to me that kind of coaching when your team just comes out and just has zero motive, like game against Detroit, like, come on. Oh, that was, that was pathetic. That was that, yeah. And that's on him. Not having his team ready to play that game. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they came off a tough loss on a Monday night game to the Rams and they went to Detroit and didn't show up at all. And then the week after they lose to a Colts team without Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. And that was a Colts team that lost their final two games in the season. So yeah, I mean, they did beat the Cowboys, but we all know the Cowboys, mm. you know, that that's another issue there, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kingsbury. It's just it's 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 to a point where I think the Cardinals right now, if Rodgers leaves the leaves the Packers, they're they're a top three team in the NFC. The problem is though, is the two best teams in the NFC are in their division, and those coaches are clearly better than Cliff Kingsbury, and and uh, and that's going to be tough because they're the Cardinals. If they get in the playoffs again, are probably going to get a wild card, and there's a very good chance they get bounced in the first round. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, they're right there to win the NFC. They really are. Again, I, I think they're like the Cowboys, where they're pretty much a coach away. They're they're literally a coach away from being a Super Bowl team. Um, and again, yeah, I just again in that division, and you know, who knows what happened to Seattle Russell Wilson, but you know, again, maybe Seattle's a little bit better too next year. Again, that's a tough division. You're yeah, you're gonna get the wild card. I don't see them out coaching, you know, McVay or Shanahan as long as the Niners stay healthy and who knows what happens quarterback situation there but yeah i again i yeah you know they probably lose in the wild card maybe maybe they get the five seed maybe they knock off of dallas maybe they beat dallas but yeah that's as far as i go i in the playoffs because yeah it just they're just not a very they just won't be very um he's just not out coaching anybody and again the way you see him prep the, like in the playoff week they just got they were just totally overmatched and i just think that's what you're getting with cliff Kingsbury. i just i think you know um, that's his, that's his best. That's probably the best he's going to be able to do. Besides, maybe one one playoff game. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so yeah, the Cardinals they extend the coach, they extend the GM, but they don't extend the quarterback. So we'll see what ends up happening there between the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. But we'll wrap up our NFL talk talking about the combine. And and really, there's one question I have is which player is has the most a gang at the combine this weekend? You think? 
I think it could be Carson Strong without Matt Corral throwing either. I think, you know, he's a guy that was kind of a first rounder kind of going into the year, um, kind of now more on a day two. But again, like the quarterback's kind of wide open and nobody really thinks that there's like a, you know, a franchise changing guy. Um, Matt, you know, Carson Strong's, you know, six three. He can make all three throws uh, or he make throws on all three levels. Um, I, I think he's he's got a strong arm. He throws a good ball. Um, he's decent athletically. He's not, you know, again, he can kind of run, get out of the pocket a bit, but he's not going to do it a lot. Um, he's He's got good feel, too, when he's in the pocket and when it's kind of collapsing and all that. But I think with his arm talent, I think it's going to be on display at the combine this weekend. And I, I do think he can make a jump without some of these quarterbacks throwing this week. I, I think he's a guy that can gain because – I, I do really like him. Again, I don't know if he's going to be a franchise-changing guy at quarterback, but I, I do see some potential there in him. And, you know, I, I think he could make a jump back into the first round, maybe late maybe, you know, maybe late first round, mid-first round. I don't think he's going to be able to get any higher than that. Um, but I like Carson Strong this week to may, make a jump back into the first round. What about Pickett and uh, and, uh, and Malik Wills from uh, Liberty? What about those two guys? Do they have any chance to you know move up this week with a good combine? I think they could. You know, Pickett's Pickett's um he's a very he's very he's he's older. He's like twenty three. Again, he had a great season this year. You know, the last you know the other years it was like he was good, um, but he wasn't to this level. So it's kind of you know, because he pat Dan Marino for touchdowns in a season at um at Pittsburgh. Like, again, he's had a strong run as well, not very mobile, um, and all that. But I, I think he could too. I think he's had a strong arm. Again, he's 23-24, so he's kind of you know, he's gonna come in a lot older than some of these quarterbacks coming in, which I like. You know, he's got a strong arm. I think he can make a lot of throws. Um, he's pretty accurate as well. So I, I do like Kenny Pickett as well. I think he could. And Malik Willis, yeah, you know, he's a guy that was very high on a lot of boards. And this year kind of was just like a up-and-down year for Liberty. He kind of threw a bunch, 12 interceptions. They didn't play a great great schedule. Again, Hugh Freeze is a really good coach, um, especially offensively. And he's athletic. Again, he's he's a guy that, you know, is 6'1", 215. Um, he was a four-star, went to um, – Auburn originally, and then, you know, Bo actually got to start over, uh, or Bo Nix actually started over Malik Willis, and he decided to transfer out. And I, I think he's another guy, yeah, that could kind of put his, put his name back up there where, because he had a really, he played well in the bowl game, a couple touch, you know, three touchdowns, and that was kind of like the one national TV game of the year. Um, but he really did show against Miss, you know, Ole Miss where, you know, he had three interceptions. He did not look good. Again, I think he got sacked seven or eight times. His, the line was just, I think that was problem problem too. They had a very young offensive line, which I think did hold them back a bit this year. Um, but I, I do think he's a guy that, yeah, could kind of with his athletic ability, with his arm, I do think he could show, um, you know, some scouts this week that he's a guy that could get back in the top 10, you know, and be a guy that, you know, could hopefully for a franchise be, be the starting quarterback for, you know, the next, you know, decade or so. And what about uh, what about Kayvon Thibodeau? I've seen him drop on draft boards. Like he's, I saw Mel Kiper out number going number five of the Giants. Why is he? Why is he not the? Because it looked like the beginning of the year he was the consensus number one pick. Why is he not the consensus number one pick now? Um, I think part of it too is you know his um his cover. You know, I know he's not great kind of as a coverage defensive end. Um, or no wait, uh, yeah, I know sometimes it's that, and I think too it's the effort at times. It's like there's there's yeah. some games where it's like you could kind of you watch him, and it's like he disappears for a few plays, and he doesn't even look like he's on the field. And I, I think that's somewhat the problem. Um, and you know, and, and then sometimes too, I think at times too, there he tried to make you know the splash play instead of just a smart play, and I think you know that sometimes that's kind of the worry when you know, you're, you're a scout or GM or coach and you're trying to pick a guy like this, like, especially at the DN position, because it's like you get out of position and you don't set that edge again, you could give up a big play. And I, I do think that's a worry at that defensive end position. So I, I think those are the big kind of main concerns there of, you know, the effort, you know, just at times, just, you know, trying to make the splash plays and just, you know, does it tries to do a little bit too much. I think that is, that's what's, what's hurting them right now. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I definitely could see that. I definitely could see that. So it should be interesting. We have us at the combine. We got the combine, and uh, we're getting close to the NFL offseason. I mean, next week franchise tag. The deadline is on Tuesday. 
the week free agency starts on the week after, and then we'll start getting ready for the draft. So the NFL offseason is is going to be here is going to be here next week, and it's going to be a crazy, crazy, a crazy offseason. But we got to wrap up the show talking about some college basketball. And we're not going to start with UConn this week because of Coach K. And I know you're not the biggest Coach K fan, but this guy is – it's going to be a great moment, I feel like, on Saturday night. The final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium for Mike Krzyzewski, the legendary coach. I mean, the five-time national champion was – got Duke to nine national titles. I mean, he, he did a phenomenal – he's done a phenomenal job. I, th- I think he's right there with John Wooden as the greatest coach in the history of college basketball, of men's college basketball. He's done a phenomenal job at Duke. Uh, and and uh, not meant, no, there are no coaches that have even close to five national titles. I think the closest probably uh, Calhoun's got Bobby Knight's got three. Calhoun's got three. I mean, I you could even argue you could even argue Calhoun might have four if you count that you know yeah. count that team he, that Kevin Ollie won with. But yeah, but so no one's no one's uh, no one has five. I mean, outside of Wood, and no one has five. I don't think anyone has five national titles. Dean Smith only has two. Wow. Jay Wright has two. Three. Calipari only has one. But Tino, but Tino has. Two, yeah, got, one's vacated. Two. Yeah, but one's we'll, vacated. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, he's got that. two. We'll count that one. We will count that one. I'll count vacated championships. I'm not going off with the NCAA or wants to do. I'll count, I'll count that one for. for and, 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 and obviously, Patino had one where uh, where he where he where he it was kind of where he left and they won it the next year. So you can even count three for Patino. Yeah. But but the, but the point is, is just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, career for uh, Mike Shashevsky. One of the the greatest coach in the history of college basketball. It's going to be a great moment to see him being honored on uh, Saturday, uh, seeing the, him coach his last game at uh, Cameron Indoor on Saturday night. Justin, I know you're not the biggest fan, but what do you think Saturday night's going to be like for Coach K? Um, it's going to be an emotional game, obviously. You know, again, he's been there since the 80s. Again, after year three, in 83, they were 11 and 19, and I believe is the AD. Or no, the president won him fired, and the AD said, no, give him another few years. And again, the course of history really would have changed things if if the AD would have let him go there. Um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Again, I've respected all that he's done at Duke because yeah, he's he's built an absolute dynasty. Uh, again, they he's just they built winners, and again, last year was a down year, but with everything going on, um, yeah, you know, I yeah, there was a lot kind of going on and, and kind of hurt last year with that team just never got it together, but. Look, you know, outside of that, they just it then it's been, you know, tournaments galore. They usually make a run. There's been a couple instances where they've gotten upset, but yeah, he's you know he's one of the best ever in college basketball history. He's you know Duke is you know one of the biggest brands I think you could say. And like all you know, they, that's like you know you think college basketball and it, it's it's Duke. And again, for for especially nowadays, especially for like a Duke where it's it, you know you're academically you pretty much it's like an Ivy League kind of you know, thing like it's kind of, it's tough, you know, it, it's tough nowadays with the, you know, academics of the kind of build programs like that. He took advantage, he was able to kind of take advantage of it. Um, you know, I know he learned a lot under, you know, Bob Knight, one of the best as well. Um, you know, I know their relationship is kind of not there anymore, but yeah, it, it's going to be an emotional night Cameron indoors. Um, you know, the last game he's going to be walking out there again. Um, he's just, you know, Again, that's kind of the house that he built. You know, Cameron indoors the house that he built, and that's that that arena is gonna, you know, um, it's gonna be emotional. That whole arena, that whole night. You know, you're playing North Carolina teams. That's not very good, so they should still probably be able to win that game. But um, yeah, it'll be emotional. It's gonna be really weird next year to see John Shire on the sidelines and not Coach K. You know, be, I'm not a big K fan, but it, it's gonna be very weird not to see him patrolling those sidelines anymore. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the one thing about Coach K, which was great for him, though, was the way Coach K evolved with the times. I mean, he didn't—he didn't, he wasn't stuck in his own way. Like his 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 uh his mentor Bob Knight, he didn't evolve with the times, and he and 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 it showed at the end of his career. Uh, but Coach K, he evolved. He evolved. He evolved with the times. With the one and done was a big thing, and I mean that was a big reason why he won his last national title. I mean. Just Justice Winslow. Uh, I know those, none of these guys became good NBA players, but Justice Winslow, Titus Jones, Jaleel uh, uh, Okafor—they were all in, they, they were all one and dones, and he was able to win that national title, his last national title in 2015 over Wisconsin. And we've seen the one and dones he's he's brought in over the years. Obviously, bringing Zion and RJ Barrett in. You see, pa, you see pa, uh, Paolo Bencaro this year. Uh, just just throughout the years, all the one and dones: Jabari Parker one year, just and Brendan Ingram. 
Jason Tatum. Oh, so he so he based so he pretty much you know evolved with the times, and and then that's the biggest. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why Coach K is the best is how he evolved. Yeah, you know he was good at that, and I know yeah, you know as you mentioned, there's coaches that kind of stuck in their way and they don't really want to evolve, and it's kind of why they're where they are, you know. Um, you know, I think that's kind of why North Carolina goes at the end of Roy's time because, again, he did not really like the one and done. He didn't like the transfer portal. I think part of it, too, is, you know, I know Jashevsky's kind of taken some transfers. It hasn't been, like, the biggest kind of, um, like, impact to the team. You know, like, Dio John's been okay. You know, last year, yeah, Patrick Tate, but he didn't really do anything at all for him. Um, but, like, they, they, you know, like, the transfer portal, you know, it's a big thing, too, nowadays. But yeah, you know, the one and done. Yeah, he again, him and Cal Perry, it just every five star just ended up going up either Kentucky or Duke, it felt like. Again, they were always right there. Again, it's tough to win with freshmen, too. As, as you know, as you know, and I know it's it's matchups and it's senior leadership. It, it's tough. Now, sometimes you get that talent, and again, you got a guy like Anthony Davis, Julia Okafor that could just dominate whatsoever, you know, just dominate and be able to lead you to a national championship. Again, they got the talent with Bank here to do that once again this year. Uh, but, yeah, it's just he, he did evolve. And, you know, again, I, I think that's important. Again, I think that's partly why, like, Michigan State, again, it's just, you know, it's just kind of struggling out too. You know, I know Kansas gets, like, one. But, again, it's just, you know, it. it I think it's kind of important to kind of, you know, and I, I think he gets some guy – he gets guys, too, that kind of do develop through the system that stay. Like, like a Grayson Allen was there for four years. Um, you know, which was a huge part of that 2015 team too. Like again, you know, like, I think it, it's important to kind of, I think, I think he had always the right mix of kind of freshman, but he also did have that senior that was there and kind of knew how to get and navigate their way through March. And I think that was an important thing, you know, and I, instead of just having seven freshmen, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, I do think he did a really good job of, of kind of evolving and, and getting it, um, and doing a good job of always still being competitive, really not having any down years, you know, excluding last year. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So great great career by Coach K being celebrated Saturday night, and I think it's going to be celebrated. But I think it'll be celebrated by a Duke win by double digits. I think North Carolina should have very easily lost to Syracuse the other night. Uh, they've I don't think Herbert Davis is a good coach. I think there's some talent on that North Carolina team, and Herbert Davis really is – this might be a really bad pick for North Carolina. Uh, uh, choosing Herbert Herbert Davis to be the head coach and uh, and Duke to me I think they're a really good team I, I think Powell's a big game I I think uh, Moore is a good game I think Griffin has a good game I, I think they went up by by double digits yeah they should now I could see North Carolina thing early again I think it's be very emotional maybe Duke kind of comes out slowly North Carolina takes advantage of that but yeah like again Marty um Mario Baycott cannot be on Powell Bancaro this time around I I don't know what Davis was thinking last time that was just a mismatch nightmare. He got two fouls early, and that was about it. Duke, what? I was making dinner, and I came and sat back down. It was like sixteen to two already. I was like, okay, this game's over. Like yeah, you know, yeah. like it was over that quickly. Um, and I, I could see it happening like that again. Yeah, he's not. Uh, Hubert Davis not getting the the uh, kind of word so far from North Carolina fans. I'm like, they're they're not selling out. Like there's empty seats, would you never oh, wow. see? Wow. At, at the Dean Dome anymore. So. They're, they're again. I, I North Carolina fans aren't too pleased with them. Again, I know he's trying to make them more in the twenty first century, but I, I just haven't seen it this year. They still can't shoot. They're just still, um, they just haven't really evolved. I he's not very in game. Again, uh, there was the game, the CBS Championship Classic. They um, they played uh, Kentucky. They were supposed to play like Ohio State, I believe, and they changed it to Kentucky like forty eight hours beforehand. They, Kentucky beat him by 45 points. Like he just has not done good, you know, pre- preparation, you know, tight um, in, in spots. And yeah, I, again, I think Duke should blow them out and North Carolina, again, they're not a tournament. They're probably going to get into North Carolina, but they're not a very good team. That's a team I probably, you know, pencil at in the first round, but yeah, I think Duke, you know, Trevor Keels probably played his best games at Duke, Duke, uh, Duke, uh, in Duke, in Duke uniform the other night. Duke should roll in this one. I could see it close early, but um, but everything going on, but Duke should win this game by at least ten points. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Duke should win it by double digits. Now we'll go to a team that you want to talk about, and that's UConn. And they they got another game where they're trying to avenge a loss, and they've done it every single time they've done in the Big East. They've done it. They did it. Seton Hall, they won. Xavier, they won. Uh, Villanova, they won. And uh, who else? They Xavier. lost to. Pro- 
the, 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 Xavier Villanova and, and and Xavier Villanova and Seton Hall they won, but they didn't get the now they're getting a shot at Creighton and they're not going to get a shot at Providence. So another another revenge game. They've done it three times and uh, I think they do it a fourth because I think the guard that uh, Creighton lost. I think that's a loss there. I think that that, that definitely is a loss. I think UConn wins it. I think I think they win it close. I think I think it's I think they win it by single digits. But I do think UConn wins and clinches that number three seed. But in a way, though, if they want to make a run in the tournament, they might be better off losing this game. Because if they get the number four seed, they would get pro- probably get Providence in the semifinals instead of Villanova. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if they lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because I, I want Providence again. I'd rather stay away from Nova till Saturday night. I, I want Providence again. That, that, that loss is still bothering me, and I know it's still bothering the team. But, yeah, you know, um, Creighton, again – they're 0 4. It's the only team they have not beaten since they've came back in the league. They've beaten everybody else at least once. They've not been created. Yeah, they've avenged every loss this year in, in conference play that they faced twice. Um, but yeah, you know, creating, you know, um, Nemhart, Brian Nemhart, the freshman guard who, who's been outstanding. Again, his brothers at Gonzaga, Andrew, who's their starting point guard there. Again, he's, he's going to be an NBA player one day. And it's a tough, it was a, you know, very, again, that was a, uh, terrible injury. You saw it. it was horrible. Trey Alexander, I thought, held his own at Providence. Again, he played well at UConn back in February about a month ago. You know, this Korean team, again, Greg McDermott, if not for Ed Cooley, would would be the biggest coach of the year. Because I this team, they played Arkansas Pine Bowl at their first game of the year, has five wins and only won by seven. Like, this team has gotten a lot better since then with all, five new guys. Um, they're going to pack the paint once again against these Huskies. And they're going to need, you know, Polly and Hawkins are going to be the X Factor. Man. They have to knock down shots to win this game because they're going to pack it in. They're going to double Sonago. And, you know, I, I think, you know, UConn should win this game. I, you know, because Creighton doesn't have much depth either. You know, they did not get a point scored off the bench the other night. They don't have a lot of guys to go to now without, you know, Trey Alexander was kind of the one big guy. Alex O'Connell played pretty well last time too. But, you know, UConn's playing well right now. And, you know, Saturday, I really thought that they were going to lose Georgetown. You know, going into Sunday, I, I thought Georgetown was probably going to knock them off. Um, you know, I was not very confident. They played well. They got up to a slow start. They kind of got it rolling. I know kind of finished, ended poorly there. But I, I think it's a team you should – I think you got, I think they should be able to beat Creighton tonight. Again, it's – they got to knock down shots. They're going to pack it in. Tanago's not going to be able to beat Creighton by himself tonight. They're going to need to knock down some shots by Cole Martin. Um, I'd press him too. I try to put Alexander some, some pressure, see how he does tonight with that as, as a freshman. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I think, you know, could, could be used advantage because I think Creighton as well, once again, it's going to try to slow them down and try to make this a half court game. And I think you kind of got to get out in transition and, and play fast and kind of speed up Creighton. So, um, we'll see what you can be able to do tonight, but yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. Cause the, to, I guess to lose tonight, cause yeah, it would not be the worst thing The you know, not to 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 see Providence and and I mean to not see Nova till Saturday would not be the worst thing in the world. No, because you could argue that uh, Nova is definitely a better team than Providence. Providence, they have more talent, they're better coached. Providence just happened to have a better record this year than Villanova, but I definitely think Villanova is a better team than Providence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and Ed Cooley's had a terrific year. They've again, you know, they didn't have Al Durham last night, and they still. We're right there at the end of the game. They knocked down some shots. AJ Reese had a phenomenal game, but yeah, you know, um, again, I think doing Nova is better team. You know, again, Colin Gillespie's been great, and Justin Moore and, and Samuels playing well. Like, yeah, I think Nova's got more talent. And again, I just I, I think Nova's they they get Nova's got guys that have been there before and they've won the championship. They won the Big East. You know, Problems hasn't won it since I don't think they've won it since. 2013 or 2012, I think they won it. I think it was 14. I think the first year 14. the Big East they won it. Okay. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 14. Yeah, one of my things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was saying yeah, 14 they won it. Um. But yeah, I just think um, you know, Bill Nova's just a better team. They got, you know, Providence knocking down shots. They put well all year. But yeah, it just it's been a team that um, again like Providence is done too for the regular season. They're they're done till thir- till next Thursday at noon. Like again, that could be something that kind of. You know that whoever gets out of the, that eight seed or nine seed, again they could probably knock off Providence maybe too because I, again nine day layoff and you're playing at the lonely Thursday game at noon, very possible everybody in that building is probably gonna be vote, vote, rooting for 
the eight nine team. So yeah, you know, Nova's experienced team. It's a team again. They're going to probably have as many fans as UConn fans there. So it's going to be an even game, and it's a team that knows how to win the Big East title as well. In Nova. Yeah, quick, quick one. Uh, Saturday night against DePaul. Any chance Freeman Liberty keeps uh, keeps DePaul in the game? I do think so. He scored forty one the other day. It's you know they're playing really really well. Um, the, DePaul. I think they keep it close. Again, uh, Troy Silverfield's in the right direction. They just got a top forty recruit, Zion Cruz, for next year. They're starting to go in the right direction right now. DePaul's going to play tough, and they're going to be a tough out. I think UConn for UConn Saturday evening. I think it's a close game. Um, hopefully UConn pulls away, but. I think the Paul keeps it close for a while in this game Saturday night. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He'll probably be there Saturday night. At, yes, for, senior, for, for us for senior night. Yeah, you know, dur- dur- happy, dur- yeah. during Duke UNC. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of partly yeah excited that I won't have to see all the festivities at uh. Oh, exactly. Night. Exactly. You don't want to see. I know you don't want to see Coach K's festivities. But that's gonna wrap it up here on Sports Talk with RJ for our producer Jace Garcia and for Justin D'Anafia. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back here next week talking NFL free agency and conference tournaments and college basketball. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.